So we're on um, uh, so we're on the uh, last but one of our very mini series of talks on biblical church community as we kind of head up to our devoted community plans. The start of that, as Sarush uh, mentioned, I'm just going to give a quick again a quick resume of what and why we are um, restructuring, if you like, the community life in the church, which we feel as elders is so important in terms of the journey that God has got. Uh, for us ahead. Um, so this is going to be the last time I'm going to tell you about them anyway, unless we talk about it in the future. From February, as uh, Saroosh said, once a month we're going to be grouping two or three of our existing community groups. Some of the bigger community groups might be uh, multiplying into littler ones. Um, in Every month we're going to be meeting in a larger devoted group. Once a month these uh, devoted groups will gather for a time of friendship and worship and uh, um, celebration and prayer in kind of bigger, more diverse settings. Um, Not just copies of Sunday. They'll mix us all up a little bit, broaden our friendships, drawing other people in. There'll also be a training ground, if you like, as we kind of have these smaller groups for leadership to develop, for all of us to step out in faith um, and courage in terms of the prophetic, in terms of the gifts that God has given us, as Saroosh also mentioned this morning, leading worship, encouraging one another through the Word. Actually, I felt as, um, Les, uh, as, as Les prayed for me at the back there, I just feel at the end of this, God wants to pray. Maybe we'll get into some of our devoted groups and um, just pray for God to release his gifts in his people. I, just, I felt a real stirring about that as uh, Leslie play, prayed about signs, wonders, the miraculous. These things don't just, we don't just rehearse these things. No, no, God gives us them and we worship and nurture them and we fan them in, into flame. And we do that as we practice these things. I remember um, when, I, when God first gave me the gift of tongues, I didn't know what Jeremy was on about. You know this story a little bit. And I thought he was a crazy guy, actually, when he started talking to me about them as I'd recently come into faith. And I remember you said, well, why don't you practice in front of the wall? And so I did. And it was a bit odd, if I'm honest with you. It was a bit odd to begin with. But then, as I stepped out in faith, knowing the truth of the Bible, those things are really important, God broke in. God broke in. And I remember worshipping in front of a wall in a very empty, echoey house because I'd just moved in, worshipping um, this Jesus. And so I just feel that the spiritual gifts of the church that God gives us are really important also for our journey ahead. So I just feel, uh, I feel I have faith, hopefully you'll have faith to pray uh, for some of those things. Um, and also these community groups, these uh, devoted groups are a structure that hopefully allows us uh, to make it easier to multiply as we uh, uh, go through the coming years. Also, one of the big things about these devoted groups also is that as elders we feel um, a kind of um, an oversight of them. So we'll be hosting uh, these groups in team, but it, we're not going to be talking every week. We're not going to be doing uh, integrally involved in terms of what you can see, but we'll be bringing oversight over these groups, really bringing them on track with the leaders in these devoted groups in terms of our vision and uh, what God is calling us to. So that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of where we're going. Our small group structures, our community small group structures are still very important. Getting to know people intimately, closely, those things are also very important. 
Um, so that's where we're going. Okay, so can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? Even if you don't naturally feel like it, or even if you find change a little bit difficult, get stuck in. Get stuck into all that we're doing. So, I've, um, I've been uh, ad-libbing there, Marvash, which she's not used to, because um, normally I do it word for word pretty much. So, back to our mini-series, that's where we are. Um, so far, we've looked at um, 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 the all-out, dangerous, difficult diversity of people that Jesus deliberately chose to be his disciples, his new community family, and how that diversity we uh, looked at was God's tool for transforming our attitudes and behaviours and actions towards one another. Last week, Sarush unpacked Acts 2.42, another very famous uh, passage in the Bible, very dear to our heart over the years as we've built a community um, um, in the church, describing a beautiful community of believers, devoted, that's where we've got the name from, devoted to their lives to Jesus and each other in an altogether radical way. And so this week, um, the third uh, verse that we felt we wanted to unpack was um, what it means to be a community on, uh, on a mission, a community with purpose, a community that is ready and is not scared to get its hands dirty. Jubilee, if that's not your understanding of community life, let someone else do that, I just want to have a nice time, you are not living out one of Jesus' most important mandates to you. You see, that's why sometimes people uh, bail out of community. Um, The radical nature of community life with Jesus isn't just sideline theology, isn't just an issue of style or structure, or this church does it this way, or this church does it this way. No, actually, the community life that Jesus calls us to, the Bible calls us to, is at the very heart of gospel neighbouring, what it means to be a gospel neighbour. Gospel transformation, gospel uh, declaration, the story of Jesus changes everything. And the great commission of Jesus, as we read it, is not optional for us. Yeah? So my question as we approach our devoted community plans, and actually Helen really brought prophetically this morning, uh, uh, as we go into them the week after next, are you prepared to be shaped and moulded by the Jesus of the Bible, not just for your sake, not just for his sake, but for other people's sake. I just felt God say that. I wanted to ask you that question this morning. I believe God is calling us, you see, to greater depth of community life. And you know what? Greater depth of community life isn't easy. It requires greater grace, greater forgiveness, greater sacrifice, greater love, greater awareness of one another, a greater vision. And the question on the back of that is, are you in or are you on the edge? Yeah? A really important question um, for all of us in the church. Um, Nobel Prize, um, Nobel Peace Prize winner, Mother Teresa. Um, God, I thought it was a very close picture of her, isn't it? What a face. A face that has lived years of uh, um, 
amazing stories I can imagine. Nobel Peace Prize winner, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who spent most of her life, if you don't know her, addressing poverty and gathering a community of nuns and other people, living for others in some of the worst, some of the most worst slums in Calcutta. That's where my family uh, originally were from. She said this about the West. Um, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy like it was then. It's being unwanted, unloved for, and uncared for, not in community. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness is love. There are many in the world who are dying, uh, who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also a poverty of spirituality. There's a hunger for love as there is a hunger for God. If you're not a Christian here this morning, listen to Mother Teresa. Um, this community, these purposeful friendships, what we're doing in our devoted uh, groups, this mix of all people coming together because of Jesus, real, passionate, beautiful, breathtaking, could be for you. That could be the place where you meet Jesus. That could be the place where that loneliness and that independence of your life can be turned around and changed altogether. So you are invited to our devoted groups if you're, not a, visit, if you're a visitor here this morning. So let's read the passage, shall we? The Great Commission, very famous. Um, Matthew 28, 16 to, 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. Jesus had died on the cross. Yeah. He'd risen. Yeah. He'd made appearances. And just before he goes, he gathers his twelve and he says this. Uh, then the eleven disciples... Uh, no, it's not, not, not twelve, eleven. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I find the Bible very honest. Uh, then Jesus came to them and said this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our triune God, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, certainly, without a doubt, I am with you always, never ceasing, without a gap, to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a God who speaks to us today. Thank you, Lord, that you spoke to your disciples, that you spoke life into many unloved, on-the-edge, marginal people. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke to the high people and the low people of your time. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke life where there was only death. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke healing when there was only disease. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke um, to many different people from many different um, uh, walks of life. And you shaped your life, their lives with your amazing, divine, transformational truth. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll do that to, to us this morning as we um, uh, hear the word of God again. Um, I pray, Lord God, that you'll bring this very familiar passage alive in our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that there'll be uh, phrases, words even, in this passage that you, by your Spirit, challenge our hearts 
transform our souls. And I also pray, Lord God, that as we hear the word of God, that your word goes out, not just here, but from here to other people, those who don't know you, those who um, are in a desperate state of loneliness, as Mother Teresa uh, spoke about in that quote. So be with us this morning, be with me, Jesus, as we unpack the word of God. So three things that I feel God, uh, Jesus, God himself, is speaking to us as a church when it comes to community life together. Firstly, God says, trust me together. One of the great things about the Great Commission is I feel it's a, when you read it, it's a together commission. It's a together command. So I just felt the three words are not just trust me, Sarush, trust me, Bill, trust me, Jonathan. No, no, no. It's trust me together. And that's a slightly different dynamic. So firstly, God says, trust me together. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, get on with what I tell you to do, says Jesus. Paraphrase. Who's in charge? That's what Jesus is saying. Who's in charge? And that word authority there is the very powerful uh, Greek word exousia. Exousia, which we often don't, just don't get the full weight of through our translations. Exousia, authority, means very specifically God's absolute, rightful, lawful, undeterred, unimpeded, unstoppable permission and power to do whatever he wills. That might offend some of you. Jesus is king. Yeah? That's what we've been singing about, isn't it? You see, in days gone by, when, um, when a king or a queen was instated, not, not kind of now these days or so much, not in this country anyway, um, but in days gone by, when a king or a queen was instated, everything changed. What we could do, what we couldn't do changed. How we behaved, how we spoke changed. Everyone's lives was reshuffled, realigned um, 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 to the new coming king. A new king couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't have ever been ignored. And that's what Jesus is saying here. This, is, this isn't the end, folks, he's saying to his uh, downhearted disciples. Heads up, don't be gloomy. I'm alive again. Yeah, sure, you saw me on the cross breathe my last, but death couldn't hold me. This is just the beginning. I am the new king now. And not just any king, guys. Not just any king, but the king of kings. The God above all gods. The perfect king. The Elohim that you have described over centuries. God of all the nations. The one King David exalted in uh, Psalm 46. Remember Psalm 46? With all authority and power and exousia. This is the king. You can trust me. This is what, Psalm, uh, this is what David says in Psalm 46. Be still. Be still. Shh. And know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. David knew it. That's me, says Jesus. Jubilee, we have a heavenly, glorious, majestic king who has an indisputable claim on our lives together that we should live for his glory. That's what it's about. A ravishing community displaying his beautiful name 
faithful and true. Someone said that prayer, prayed that out this morning. As we build our lives intertwined with each other, Jesus wants to get this into our very souls. He wants our hearts to rise in worship with this, as we did this morning. In medical school, um, I learned about reflexes. Ow. Reflexes. Um, Have you heard about reflexes? We have loads of them. Uh, In fact, when I'm checking out new babies or or some adults even in my surgery, I kind of test for some of these reflexes just to make sure they're okay and on track and nothing's wrong. So for instance, in me, if my hand, this is not what I check for in the surgery, by the way, if my hand, this is just an example of a reflex, if my hand touches a hot stove or a hot plate, um, it instantly pulls back. That's a reflex. Yeah, an automatic response without me having to process and think about it. It's not that I start thinking about, hmm, what am I going to do here? Yeah, um, let me start considering the pros and cons of leaving my hand on the stove or taking off. Maybe I should read into it, Mill. Maybe we should have a meeting. No, it's a reflex reaction, isn't it? Ow! Sometimes I don't even go, ow! The Apostle Paul has a similar reflex reaction to the trustworthiness, the kingliness of our God, Jesus. Romans 3, 3-4 says, What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithful nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Reflex. Let God be true and every human being a liar. God is true whatever anyone else tells you. One of the words that Julian I remember saying years ago now is our children will believe um, the word of God until an adult tells them otherwise. Are you teaching your children? Are you teaching your children if you have children or your, uh, the communities you're within or whatever? Are you teaching those people the reflexes that we need in terms of our spiritual walk with God? And the thing is, with, this, with these reflexes, in terms of um, what the Apostle Paul was talking about, it's just as well, really, that we have them. Because if God's truth depended on me working everything out first, then it would be like burning my hand, except a lot worse. He's a guy who, his reflexes, if you tested them, wouldn't be so great. The atheist Richard Dawkins write this, writes this. In a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt and other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason to it, nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is at the bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, no God. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is. And we all dance to its music. It's very sad. A child without reflexes. Something's wrong. That kind of thinking doesn't work, isn't working. We can't live our lives like that, really believing it. Wake up, Dawkins. Wake up, world. Sometimes that kind of reflex not working, can start seeping into the church. 
That's the community of God that Jesus is building here. A faithful one. A reflex one that totally understands the full exousia of God and loves him more for it. A community that is shaped by its altogether trust and love for him. Reflex. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Reflex. Trust me. Trust me again. And again. And again, says Jesus. Even if things don't go it Go, go your way. They won't. You're going to have fallouts in community. Read the book. Um, everything, everybody's normal until you get to know them. You're going to have fallouts. People are going to upset you. You're going to be overlooked. People will challenge you. It's not always going to be fair. Sometimes it's going to hurt. But, Jesus says, even in that, will you trust me? Will, you, will your reflex keep go, reflexes keep doing what they're meant to do? Put me first. Trust me first. Life together, Jubilee, is not easy. He never said it would be. Where did you get that from? Firstly, trust me together, says Jesus, in everything. Secondly, therefore, that's what the passage says there, Mick Taylor, one of my uh, leadership training mentors a few years ago now, uh, he always used to say, um, Um, always find out what the therefore is. Therefore. I like that. Therefore, knowing this from the very depths of our heart and souls, that Jesus has all authority, all power, that uh, he's faithful and true, reflex, Jesus says, go. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, followers of him. And actually, the Greek word for go there. Um, in Matthew 28 actually translates go together all of you Christianity is not a lone range of faith you've heard me say that before so secondly Jesus says go together so question that I've mentioned I I think I've talked about this before but God kind of put it on my heart again what part of go do we not understand you see, this is such an important, important part of all that Jesus is saying here in the Great Commission. This is what uh, God's community looks like. You see, we have this terrible habit of changing go in the Great Commission to come. Have you noticed that? Come to this church and we'll look after you. Come and be a part of us uh, and we'll provide you with your kids' work and with Sunday morning entertainment. We say, come here and we'll give you a set of friends. We want, a, uh, we want a building so that loads of people can come to it. Uh, come and hear our teaching. Come and get counsel. Come and we'll help you out with difficult situations. Come and we'll love you. Come and we'll see what spiritual gifts like looks, look like in our holy huddle. Not out there. Come. But Jubilee, that's not go. That's come. Now that's Now that's not that come is necessarily a bad thing. Don't hear what I'm not saying. A lot of it is actually very biblical, but what it does is it makes the church, our church, the community of God, into a static place where people have to come to rather rather than being the church that Jesus intended to go and release his kingdom to a lost and dying world. That's what the church is about. It restricts and restrains the church and all she should be and do. Jesus said, go. Go. Do you see that? 
Have you ever wondered why God says, worship me, adore me, bow down, glorify me? Does he have a major ego problem? Is God too big for his boots? Maybe it's an insecurity complex. Wrong. We know it's a reflex understanding in us, or it should be, that God is completely happy in himself. Read some of the paper books. God doesn't need us. God doesn't have an insecurity problem. No way. There's only one reason for God to call us to worship him when you realize that already he's perfectly happy in his triune self. It's to share it with us. It's to bring others in, you and me, the people of God, the people of God who he's put us with. That's why God asks us to worship him. Gordon Fee writes, God isn't simply saving diverse individuals and preparing them for heaven. Rather, he is miraculously creating a people for his name among whom God can dwell. That's the promise in you. And who in her life together will produce God's life and character in all its unity and diversity and joy. God is with us. We are to be a people who carry his presence out there, everywhere, all over, changing everything. Go! Dallas Willard writes this, Ultimately, every human circle is doomed to dissolution if it is not caught up in the life of the only genuinely self-sufficient circle of life, that of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For that circle is the only one that is tr- totally and truly self-sufficient. And all other broken circles, our broken circles, our friends' broken circles, people we meet out there must ultimately find their healing there, if anywhere. Jubilee, this is our go together, Isaiah 61, for our vision, isn't it? God is sending you into the places uh, and situations, the communities, the relationships that he's put you in to make a gospel-changing difference, bringing through you the restoring, reaching out, releasing presence of God. Go! That's what Jesus is saying. Julian Adams, uh, who used to be with us for a few years some time ago, said this. God is calling us to move away from making the church an end in itself, but rather for the church, Jubilee, to release a kingdom, his kingdom, to the people. Playing football for Jesus. Loving toddlers for Jesus. Wearing onesies one morning for Jesus. And Christmas trees for Jesus. Setting up new initiatives for Jesus. Giving generously for Jesus' mission, opening their homes for Jesus, supporting families and kids for Jesus, teaching English for Jesus, donating homes for asylum seekers and refugees. Who for? For Jesus. Volunteering for Jesus. Babysitting for Jesus. Thank you. Crossing cultural and racial divides for Jesus. Planting churches for Jesus. Going to the nations for Jesus. For Jesus. He's worth it. Go. I felt God say that these new devoted structures will be like cannons firing people and projects and talents and skills, what we're going to pray for later, and love and grace and cash and truth into a world that so needs it. 
Where there is kingdom activity and influence, there more people will get saved. Where there is kingdom activity and influence, there more people will get saved. As we build on our existing community life, God says, trust me together. God says, go, go together. But in all of the trusting and all of the going and all the life and mission together that God calls us to, the reality and truth that makes all this possible is what actually Jesus says at the very end of his great commission, isn't it? What does he say? He says this, And surely, certainly, without any doubt whatsoever, I will always be with you to the very end of the age. That's his promise. Jesus says, I'm with you always together. You know what? Before Jesus told, I don't know if you know this, uh, I don't know if you've kind of read this or figured, uh, you know, thought about this when you were reading, when you've read the gospel, uh, when you've read the Bible. You, um, before Jesus told us to go, he first said, wait. Didn't he? In Acts 1 we read that before Jesus goes to be seated with his Father in heaven, before he leaves these uh, uh, eleven ordinary men, his disciples, with all their inadequacies and shortfalls to go and change the face of uh, history, he says to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with God the Holy Spirit. Wow! Wow! That's key. We will never accomplish this without God. We will never get through the trials that all this will entail without God. We will never be able to take the risks of being a going people without God. We will never walk into our God-given destiny without the One who has all authority. Never! Are you nurturing your relationship with God? And I don't just mean on Sundays or conferences or away days or great prayer meetings. I mean in the quiet place, actually. I've been listening to a really excellent talk by David Campbell from, uh, I think he did at one of the North Talks in 2013 about spirit-filled leadership. And it actually wasn't about, it was about leadership, but it was about carrying the presence of God. And And he talked about this. How are you like in the quiet place? No distractions, no mood music, no razzmatazz, just you and your Father in heaven. That waiting jubilee uh, on God is crucial. In that, um, in that waiting, not a passive waiting, but a dynamic, powerful, God will, mi- uh, God will meet you and transform you waiting. Those are so important. Then on Sundays... Because actually, it's in, in our quiet places, those are the places that God transforms us often. Then on Sundays, then, at the, then in the office, then in the school gate, then in Open Door, then in Hope, then in Sparklers. Then you'll be the powerhouse, his giver, his light, his salt. It comes from waiting on God in those precious, often quiet times, waiting on him, thirsting on him. I don't know if you noticed, Tyler had a jumper this morning, uh, a t-shirt on, or a long sleeve top on. 
And what did it say? Hungry. I was going to get him out. <clears throat> Are you hungry for God? Paul Woodward impressed this on me very deeply, actually, over the years that he was with us. The more and more, I, the more and more, actually, I put this into action. I'm not brilliant at it, but I'm getting better. Real faith. I'm getting more excited about the journey that we're on, because God actually breaks things open. He speaks to us. I shouldn't look so surprised. He's doing stuff. He's giving answers. He's opening doors. He's moving pieces. He's shaking things up. I'm going to end soon. If the band can come up, that would be great. Um, as we press into, uh, as we press into our, um, for our vision, our jubilee for our vision, in all its impossibility and complexity and decision-making and prayer, we want men and women filled with God the Holy Spirit, hungry for Him, thirsting for His gifts so that we can use them out there. We want men and women and kids and Eritreans and Iranians and South Africans and Brits and nurses and taxi drivers and moms and dads and singles and transformed ex-convicts and ex-homeless or homeless and ex-addicts and however many people out there who will open who will open their hearts to Jesus' very, very certain promise. I will not, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you and be filled with the life-changing power of God the Holy Spirit dwelling deeply in you. Obvious, obvious, attractive, beautiful, growing in fruit day by day. If you're not sure you're filled with God the Holy Spirit, you probably aren't. Because it's obvious. A community of God who per perseveres through trials and problems and misunderstandings and ups and downs and highs and lows. Not shaken, but robust because there are a community of God where God dwells. I'm going to end this. I'm going to end this morning with a short quote and then we're going to worship and we're going to pray. Yeah? Um, it's from a, a book that John Piper wrote and he says this. And he's talking about this passage, the Great Commission. As long as the world lasts, Jesus will be with us in this world. This is the loving comfort, the one who has put all his enemies under his feet and has died for us and has risen for us and has triumphed over sin and guilt and condemnation and suffering and death and who has all authority in heaven and on earth. This one, this one, beautiful Jesus, comforts us by promising that he will be with us continually to the end of the age to do us good and to bring us safely to everlasting joy. Let's stand. Let's stand. Now, Andy will sing a song and we'll all uh, worship. Um, but I, as we're doing that, I want to I encourage you to get into your uh, devoted groups. Yeah? And that'll get you to think. Because actually, if you're, not in one, if you're not thinking about one, or if you're not in community groups, go and join one. Right? Go and join one in prayer this morning. So if we can have the uh, Rose Hill? Rose? Rosebrook. Devoted at Rosebrook over there. Devoted at Linthorpe Road resource centre over there and 
devoted at uh, Hope Foundation. It's kind of round the... Uh, where should we go? Over there. Okay? So over there, over there, and over there. Hope, Linthorpe Road, Stockton. Yeah? If you can go into those groups. If you're a visitor here this morning, you can either sit down and listen to the song, you can worship, or you can uh, be involved in the prayer um, in these different groups. You're very welcome to uh, join us in prayer. And we're going to pray that God will pour out His Spirit on us together. Yeah? On us together. That's got you all talking. Hmm, where are we going to go? That he would release gifting in us. That he would um, um, birth gifting in us. That he would give us God the Holy Spirit to empower us and grow in God so that we could be a people for his name that goes out there. Yeah? I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are, that you promise us, that you promise us that you'll never forsake us, that you'll never leave us. I thank you, Lord, that you are uh, a God who loves the, your community, your people, and you have never, never seen Christianity as just on our own, but actually together, intertwined, not like marbles rattling around in a bag, but grapes connected together. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we kind of pray this morning, that one, you'll get us to question, where are we? Where do we fit in? Are we in or are we on the edge? And I pray, Lord God, that we'll make that decision this morning to step in, if that's you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll um, um, pour out your Spirit and raise leaders through our groups that you will raise faith in our groups, that you will raise a robust people for your name. Spirit of God, fall on us. Stretch out your arms before we pray. Spirit of God, fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. Come down on your people. Meet your people where they are at. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you do wonders. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray for signs and wonders this morning. I pray for signs and wonders of your miraculous transformation in our lives this morning and in the months, days and years to come. We're going to take our collection as we sing this song and then get into your groups. Uh, um, Linthorpe Road, Hope, Stockton, if, um, if uh, Simon, Sarush, Malvash, Jody, Jody's here, could go into those groups as well, that would be good. And let's pray as a community group. We're going to take our collection, let the collection go around, let's sing a bit and then let's go.